Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the weekly catch-up here at A View from the Bullins. I'm, of course, The Bobble, and it's a full team today with Benwin Stanley, Paul Draper, and producer Matty on the mics. Guys, another week at Goodison Park. No new signings currently coming through the door. Ben, I'll come to you first. When we look at the, the transfer window as a whole throughout the Europe and especially the UK, we look at you know Everton and all the other Premier League teams. Are, are you surprised at just how tough Everton have found it this window? No, because we never, ever do early business. We never have any sort of structure, never any sort of plan. Players are being identified, but the button's not being pressed for whatever reason. I understand that Everton are backs against the wall financially, but you've got to go out and find these deals early on. Surely they know the budget they've got from the start of last season. Um, we're identifying the players and we're arguing over structure of deals. We're arguing over payments, how much millions of pounds are getting paid for up front and how much, how many years is getting spread over. But ultimately, Everton need a striker for the past three or four years. It, it's as simple as that. When we haven't got one, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, unfortunately, is continuously to be getting injured. Who do you blame, uh, Ben? Sorry to interject. Who do you blame for Everton not signing a striker still? Well, it's a collection. It's a collection of people who are blamed. But, you know, you and I both know that players are being identified and put forward and people are saying no within the club. The negotiator, the negotiations who are being done <laughs> are simply, it's just not good enough. Um, and for whatever reason, the likes of Marcel Brands have failed. Poor Kevin Felwell's being hung out to dry. It's just an absolute toxic place to be within, a toxic club, toxic for the fans. And they drag out every last single transfer. You know, they're arguing over millions of pounds. Just get it sorted. Get, give the fans, give a bit of a lift. You know, give, bring, try and bring that good feeling factor. Because right now, it's doom and gloom. Everyone's in the mall. Everyone just feels like they can't be bothered. Two games in, it's social media is up and down, very toxic at the moment. But yeah, we need to need it sorted, don't we? Mm, absolutely, mate. You're absolutely right there. Producer Matty's on the mic today. He's back on for the second time here at A View from third. the Bullets. Oh, third, is it? Okay, third. Hat-trick for, for producer. How are you feeling, mate? It's been a really, really tough transfer window, hasn't it, for Everton? 
How are you feeling currently? Two defeats to start the season. No new incomings this week so far. You disappointed? Very. I think the listeners are going to start getting... They're going to they're gonna know me for... Not what I am, but I, I like to be optimistic. And I think over the last couple of years, I just I can't be. And same again, I'm just... I don't think there's anything to look forward to in terms of, you know, going to watch Everton or, you know, think about Everton. I just think the way the window's gone for us fans and the club as well, it's just been nothing but, you know, disappointment. There's players that are, you know, turning the names up, uh, turning the noses up at us. Um, you know, targets that are identified, you know, nothing's happening to do with that. Um, I just think we're not an attractive project and not an attractive club to come to anymore and I think slowly but surely other other players and other teams are, are finding that out as well I think it's something that we've known for a while but I think everyone's sort of you know they're finding us out how are you feeling Paul um I don't know actually how I'm feeling and <sighs> disappointed angry sad depressed Oh, all bad feelings that you can have towards the Everton transfer window if it's been awful, but it's something that we yeah, you half expected it to be like that. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Obviously we've missed out on key targets as producer Matty rightly points out. I think this window we've already missed out on Anthony Elangan and Elbel Altore, who would have been playing for us now. I know Torre ended up getting an injury for Atalanta, but you never know when you go somewhere else. You never know how life pans out if you've got that injury here. If not, it's all just uh, ifs and buts. But yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling too well, mate. How, how are you feeling? No one has... Yeah, frustrated. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Frustrated, mate. You know, it's it's very frustrating to head into another season with no striker signed. Obviously, two games in, two defeats and, and still no striker signed. And obviously, Dominic Cavalier goes down with quite a serious head injury, cheek injury, whichever way you want to look at it. I mean, it's frustrating, isn't it, not getting you know someone through the door? And, and you know, like Ben said, it's probably a collective responsibility from the football club to make sure Everton don't go into a season under-equipped and, and we have again. And again, it's difficult to blame one person for that, but collectively as a whole, they all must shoulder some of the blame and, and you know and take responsibility for that. And, and that goes from Kevin Thalwell, Bill Kenwright, Fard Mashiri, the current board that's currently there. Sean Dyche, Dan Purdy, they, they all have to take responsibility because they're all employed by Everton Football Club to, to make sure Everton are prepared, especially on the pitch, to be to be competitive and, and not signing a striker is, is basically, again, sent Everton into a season not ready, under-prepared, under-equipped and up against it and beyond the, beyond the eight ball. So, yeah, it, it is really, really frustrating to be an Everton fan at the moment. But, Ben, you, you spoke recently on, on a current podcast over on our Patreon channel you know, about looking for positives. You've, you've, you've always said, even in these tough times, you've got to look for positives and you've got to not keep the faith, but there are some positives. I mean, you've got, you've got to cling on to hope, haven't you, in football? If you don't have hope, you have nothing. Sean Dyche, let's talk about Sean Dyche. You've always thought Sean Dyche is a huge positive at Everton since his arrival. You've always felt that with Sean Dyche, Everton have a chance in games. They're competitive, they're compact, hard to beat. But against Aston Villa, mate, we were a far cry from that, were we? Oh, it was a joke. I think it's probably Evan, uh, Sean Dyche's worst game as Everton manager. Um, you know, the players looked uninterested, disheartened. There was no efforts. I don't mind getting beaten football games, but it's the manner you get beat. Everton got absolutely battered. It could have been 5 or 6 nil to be honest, and probably fully deserved. No one could have argued if Aston Villa would have won that game 6 nil. Um 
it's just look, look I ultimately think Everton should have gone down last year I still don't know how um, Leicester City have probably a far superior or did have a far superior squad to Everton still don't get how they went down but ultimately it's whoever gets the most points on the board Sean Dyche did a great job towards the back end of the year but he's had a full pre-season now and probably should have be Fulham and I'm just hoping that the Aston Villa game was we just got beat by a team we've got better players better squad and Everton just had an off day. That's all I'm clinging on for. A few positive in that game. Dan Juma, Lewis Dobbin look lively. Dan Juma's got to come in straight away from the start against Wolves. Um, Sean Dice has got to get it right. Look, he, he can't escape criticism because the Everton squad, I think Simon Jordan made reference to it, that he can't polish a turd. That's right. But unfortunately, you've got to, you've got to set your turd up in a way that <laughs> it, it, it can try and get you some points on the board. And ultimately, that's what he's got to do. He's got to try and find a way to make this team stronger and set up and to get points on the board because I'm sorry, as a manager, even as much as I love him, you've got to find a way. Drapes, Paul, what do you think to that? I'm lost with the tears, but no, I'm just, <laughs> I, 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 I want Ben to explain. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, as Simon Jordan rightly points out, you can't really do, you can't do medicals in football. If the squad is what it is, I think it should should have still been enough to be Fulham but that's probably one of them days where the ball just doesn't want to go in the back of the net however everyone involved has got to be doing better players staff manager recruitment team uh, director of football that fella that owns the club and the other fella that that <laughs> that, that thinks he's chairman <laughs> I don't want to talk about him yeah, they've all got to do better. Every single person employed by the club has got to do better in every single aspect because it's not good enough at any single level. It's not good in a business level. It's not good enough in a financial level. It's not good enough on the football inside. It, it's not good enough at any level whatsoever. Mm. Producer Matty, I can see you wincing at some of those comments from, from Paul. <laughs> Would you like more transparency from... Everton from Fard Mashiri from Kevin Thaw. I know Kevin Thaw. I did a piece in in the Match Day program, but it was very, very. <sighs> it, it didn't really explain enough, in my personal opinion. I don't think it went into too deep of context, uh, and I think obviously Everton could maybe maybe come out a little bit more and and, and do a bit of PR work and engage with the fan base because it's very despondent right now, isn't it? The fan base and you were at Aston Villa, you were in the away end. You know, you you speak to a lot of people. It is a very despondent crowd at the moment, isn't it? At Goodison and on and on the road. I just think any fan. That's one of the things that you'd want from the club that you support is you'd like to know what's going on. You'd like them to come out and see if like this is happening, this is happening. I know they can't come out and do that all the time, but. I think it, it leads to fans having a view on something that, in hindsight, mightn't even be true. You know, they could be saying, this is going on, or why aren't we doing this? But the club could be doing, you know, stuff behind the scenes that we just don't know about. But the less that we hear from the club, it just frustrates us, because as, as I've said, it just it, it leaves your mind wondering. And I think as a fan, you want to know what's going to happen in your football club. And obviously, we... We travel the country, we pay pay our tickets, pay you know our hard-earned money to go and watch them. I think when they play a given performances like what they did against Villa, and then you know we don't hear anything you know before or after that, it just sort of leaves you wondering like why am I doing this? Like why am I spending my money on following this club when in hindsight they just don't care about us? That mm. that's what it seems to me. 
Just on a lighter note, Ben, at Aston Villa, how warm was it again at Villa Park? It was roasting. Again, second season yeah, running, absolutely always, bacon. We always played them early on, don't we? It was just... Is it three seasons? It was two hours. Like yeah. I had me, uh, me Ray Berries on, me fake Ray Bands. <laughs> got, got a good tan from it, you, Ben. I know. That, so was the bobble as well. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hot. It was really hot. And I'm just quite glad that third goal, well, the fourth goal, when we all just left. What time did you get off? After the fourth goal. I seen Ashley Young last the ball at their, at their, their new striker and thought, oh, here we go, time to go. He thought he was sitting in a villa shirt, didn't he? Oh, Such geez. a lovely sight to see, Bernie. What time and did you get off? The fo- as soon as he threw that ball, I just stood there and looked at him. Seeing I saw Matty outside. Yeah, we were walking away together. Draper was on the coast in this place. You got off really early, didn't you, Paul? <laughs> I was already in the car park by the time About that 62 minutes, in. you were gone, weren't you? 63, you were gone? Yeah, I, I, I had had enough. I'd just thought, let's go. Get on the coach. I was still in the car park for a bit. A few uh, people that everyone knows from going to games and that, seeing them saying hello, hadn't seen them for a long time. I was going to say, if you're on a coach, it's not like you can go anywhere. You've got to wait for everyone else to come as well. But that shows what it's like. You're to be stood outside the ground, not watching mm. it. Dun, dun, That's a it. sad state of affairs. Isn't it? Oh, it's yeah, awful. W- walked out with one of the lads that was sat by us. We were there with Gavo, one of my mates. And we were just still outside the car park having a chat with people and then we just did... Uh, <laughs> A cheer, and we thought, yeah, that's definitely not us scoring that. <laughs> <laughs> There's only about 50 people left in the ground. Got hats off to people who stay the full 90, though, innit? I normally do, to be fair. I normally yeah, you do. do. Yeah, I'm normally a full 90 regardless. And I think when it's that bad, I think. And he waits for like, the players to clap the away fans. I, I like, yeah, sometimes I like to see how it all transpires. I like to sometimes see the reaction or see what the players do, see what well, players come over. I, I just like to sometimes. That, remi- that reminded watch me that. of. It's Tottenham away under Lampard and it was five 0 I was I was on the, the train home or the yeah, tube. I remember home. that. Yeah, it was a midweek that. Three 0 down. I think half time. And I said it's time to go. Yeah, you went, I'm didn't off. you? Really early. I think it was Arsenal a few years ago. It was four 0 away at half time. I had the train, so I just I just went. I left at half time. The first time I left. I can't remember. No, th- was it? No, it was um, a Bamyang's first game for Arsenal. Is that that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that so. one. Nothing think we'll beat Bournemouth away last year. Which I've one? never been to Bournemouth. Where, um, I can't think it was all merged into one. <laughs> where um, Iwobi came and gave a shirt and then he got thrown back oh, onto the pitch. Lead. And Lampard was demonstrating to his players to come over to the away fans, which, in you know, when Michael Ball, obviously former Everton player, comes on this podcast, he always says it's a fine line. You come over sometimes, but other times you just get down the tunnel. And Lampard had clearly orchestrated his team to come over to the away fans. Obviously, they travelled a long way. Well, I heard. And I was at the back of that stand that day. I was at the back. And obviously, you could see them all coming over. And you know, when you can see them coming over, and you think, yeah. you're coming over and you're not going to get applauded. You're going to get absolutely terrored. You're going to get battered. For context, that was the second trip to Bournemouth in, in the three week. Days yeah, yeah, yeah. After making 11 changes in the League Cup and getting absolutely <laughs> bladdered 4 1. Because I remember that, that Cup game, we were there, and it was the yeah, last yeah. game before the World Cup break. Before the break, yeah. Well, Clinton Morrison on the way home from the match on Saturday, come on the radio, he was going. I wouldn't like to go, you know, you, you lose a game. I wouldn't like to applaud the away fans, you know, that have travelled down and see them, you know, angry and furious at us. I was thinking, how deluded are you? The fans have got every right if you put in a performance like that. You've right got your right to, to stand there. And he said the fans are standing there with their arms out as if to say, what was that? Like, if you put in a performance like that, you've got to expect... If you get beat 1-0 from a worldly or a great piece of football, you go, you know what, you accept it yeah. then. And we would clap. Everton fans are quite... I think Everton can be quite fair when it comes to it was things the like that. the City game at home, we were, we were good got last season. Yeah. Yeah. Fulham, they, they got clapped yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. City had gone. But when you put on a shift, when you put in a shift like that against against Villa and it goes, oh man. Yeah, that, that was that was rough. Ben, at what point, mate, for you, 
I seen a tweet this morning, and it was, at what point would you as a fan, just general fan, not you specifically, would you as a fan stop going to away games? We don't, we don't, I, I love the social side of it. I love seeing people. It's, you know, we've, how many years has it been now, even since David Moyes here, that we got pumped away from home? You know, probably count about 20 wins we've had in about 10 years. Um, Everton have always been solid at home, and the aways have been a bit, a bit of a piss up and a bit of a laugh. And ultimately, it's kind of like a, a mediocrity away from home. It's, it's, I, we'd never stop going. I think, you know, under Rafael Benitez and other managers, we've continued to go. We've persisted to go. We've done the miles. And I always feel sorry for the people that travel absolute miles. And I mean, people come down on, from Scotland, people come up from. Uh, Cornwall, who sit by you, Bob, in, in your season ticket mm. seats. There's a, there's a Taunton supporters club. It's, Taunton. You know how long that is? It's, you know, coming up six hours for every home game. Mm. And, I, and I'm moaning with me 45 minutes through the tube, going back to Whittle, some Cheerios. <laughs> 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 moaning to go and see me, me woolly back mates. But the, um, no, it's, all, it's obviously just a, a short journey. But I think Exeter to Paul here, he's got a bit more of a longer journey, haven't you, Paul? Well, yeah, from race lane. <laughs> it doesn't take me long to get the ground, Ben, unlike yourself. <laughs> Born and bred Exeter, Spanish Cormor. No, not actually. Viva la España. Well, what, you, what you produce, Matt, what, at what point for you would you think, you know what, I'm going to swerve some of these aways now? I'm doing it. I think the next Are you really? Is, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to any more away games. And, um, you're both looking at me like that. I just think for me, the midweek Doncaster... I got, I've got, I end up getting three tickets for it. I'm not, I'm not doing it now. I just think, to me, I've got to book the time, not book the time off work. I'm self-employed, but it's work that I could be doing. And I just think, why am I spending the money? And you know, the, the hours that it takes to get to these places. And to be fair, we we go to Doncaster. I think we probably win. But to well, put it to context, you sure about that? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the last time I went to a league away game and we won. Was Huddersfield? It's about how long ago was that? Was that before COVID? Huddersfield when Gay scored was it two 0 That was the last time I seen us win away in the league. Every single away league game I've been since then we've either drawn or got beat. And I was yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah, you are better off swimming them. Exactly, and I didn't go to Brighton last season and we won. So I think that says a lot. You know what I mean? And I worked that game, so I think the key is just to work and, and not go to them. And then we might start to have it winning on the road. He's so, all looking at me like yeah, yeah. Cause, like it, it, it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? it? Is. Where you hear, where you hear like loyal fans saying, "You know what? I'm going to miss a few ways and, and have a bit of a break." Because you know, you see it on social media. You know, there's a lot of spares now in the home end, isn't there? You know, like people offering their match tickets or season tickets up on a, on a match day, and that's never happened at that level before. You know, there's loads of tickets knocking around for for Everton v Wolves on Saturday. You go on social media, you can see it. there's a lot of people saying, oh, "I'm not going. I've got my season ticket or whatever else." It's the, the players always won, don't they, Paul? The, and Deutsch always won as well. They always, they always won Saturday, let's be honest. You've heard us one since I was born, since ever I can remember since I was born. I don't think they've ever paid us back. <laughs> they need to put in a good performance the weekend and just try and get, obviously, the first one of the season. It's always big when you get your first three points on board. Be happy if we score the goal or if we created a few more chances, stuff like that, as we always say. But, yeah. Win, lose, or draw, you and me will be at Doncaster. Mm, we will. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, guys, looking ahead, Ben, come on. Everton play Wolves on Saturday. It is a three o'clock kickoff. Wolves have started their season against Manchester United and Brighton. Two defeats, although they were pretty good at Old Trafford in reality. If anybody watched that game, they, they were pretty lively. And against Brighton, they got absolutely dismantled at the Molyneux. First of all, how big is this game for Sean Dyche and Everton? Six-pointer. Already it's, this already early? Already a six-pointer. It's probably Sean Dyche's biggest game for for a while. You know, back, back of a really bad drumming, like a really bad defeat. It reminds me of Newcastle at home last year under Sean Dyche. Probably, if not his worst, worst managerial game as Everton manager. Tactics looked out the window. No setup, and a few fans are starting to ask questions. I'm not. I'm a big believer in Sean Dyche. And I just hope the fans put it right. Um, the players put it right. The fans get behind them. And they just go and have a... When was the last time you had a comfortable... Two or three nil game. I, the, the only thing I can remember was that Southampton game under Roberto Martinez, where we just steamrolled. Crystal the Palace team. and the Lampard three nil. Okay, maybe that's the last, last one for me. I can Palace, even, yeah. I can remember, yeah. Because we never ever just turn up, win a game, and just like we come out and go, oh, that was that was fine, that easy Brighton. win. It's a great shot. Well, but... Even at four nil, I thought we were going to concede four. <laughs> I still thought like they're going to be four. four I seen a score so early. I thought, yeah, there's no point in even paying attention to that because it's not going to last long. Me and the bubble knew we were winning, didn't we, bubble? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we, 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 no, we said before the game between us. There was we a shock result coming. We said like, that somewhere, someone's. Could, yeah, I we... said it before that day. It was weird in the away, and you could feel something was happening that day. You could feel like they're going to turn up here. They're go- they're going to get something out of this game because I think. Forest and Southampton played each other after, and Leeds had just lost to Fulham away before. So we were the middle game of them three Monday night games, and you just felt, oh, something, something's coming here. They're gonna turn up, and easy got got there, slapped them on the way back up. That was the unity the Scousers against the Monarchy that mm. that Brighton game. That's what that's what got us that mm. win. Looking ahead, let me just stop you there, boys. Everton play Wolves and Sheffield United in the league before the international break. How many points realistically do you think Everton should be targeting? Six. Four. Ben? Four. I One six. Four. But yeah. I think Min- realistically. Minimum four. Minimum. Minimum. Would, absolute minimum. Would you take three? No. Four. Would you take three? No. <laughs> would you take three? I don't want to be fair, six. I'd take one at this point. You'd only, would, you, would you take four points if offered now? Six. You've got to beat them two teams. If you can't beat them two teams, it's curtains. It may as well but, be. But that's the reality of it, though, isn't it? But, that's what, I, but that's what I mean. The, the, he asked me, do you... No, sorry. Realistically. What, what that, should I target realistically? Realistically, yeah. you should target six points there. It's not... You're not going to 
Fulham away. Not even like you're not going even to Fulham. You're going to Sheffield United away, who have just come up on one of the favourites to go down. Have lost. Uh, Sanderberg have lost. Ilman and Di, you haven't got a very good squad. You've got to go there and target to win. I know it was Forest though, but when they played away against Forest at second half, they did look like they were going to go on to win that game. Like they were playing some, you know, yeah, half decent football. They they were, I'm not saying right. they, were, they were world beaters, but any team that's playing half decent against us at the minute is. Is, is getting something out of the game. That's where I think it's an away game. We're not great away from home. That's where I think we're going to drop points and hopefully we can at least get a draw out of that one. Mm -hmm. Ben, you're a big, big Sean Dodge fan. We have a owner, a current owner in Fahad Bashiri that is a law to himself, we will say. We will say, you know, at what point do you think Fahad Bashiri may start looking for another manager. Look, I know it's very premature and I'm not saying he's looking for another manager. But if this, how long do you think this would carry on for before Fahad Mashiri would get, you know, twitchy fingers or, or you know, trigger happy? Well, we, we are Watford of the North. You, you know? said that earlier, yeah. We yeah. are Watford of the North. As soon as there's a bit of uncertainty, managers get sacked. Look, Silver, Marco Silver went early. Uh, I thought he went, obviously Martinez went, um, Allardyce went. Who else is there? Ancelotti bailed us. Um, Benitez wasn't good enough. Lampard was terrible. So it's ultimately down to picking the wrong managers. I actually think Sean Dice is the man for where we are right now. Uh, maybe not a long-term project when we move into Bramley Moor. Um, but yeah, it, look, we need to just stick by this manager. Like, I understand he can be questioned. He absolutely can be questioned because his tactics against Villa were absolutely atrocious. The midfield were terrible. The Fulham game, his tactics were spot on. And in essence, he can't morph himself into Neil Morpé and put them chances away. He can't be in Decore's body and put that chance away or square it to James Garner. That's on the players. The players are letting another manager down. So... Just find a way to score. Just put the ball between the sticks. If we all have to stand there with arrows and point down at the goal, we will. Because we need to score goals. <laughs> we actually have to score goals. We need, But also, stop conceding. And that's what Sean Dice is a big problem for me. He's not stopping us conceding goals. That is something he's got to work on. Absolutely, yeah. We are, you know, like I was showing Aston Villa, leaky. And it, it was clearly evident at Villa Park. So, guys, Everton play Wolves Saturday, 3pm. It's score prediction time on the weekly catch-up here. Producer Matt, you're looking at me. I'm coming to you first. Score prediction: Everton v Wolves, 3 p.m. kickoff. Hit me. One nil Everton. One nil to the Blues. Draper. One nil Everton. One nil Everton. Ben, score prediction: Everton v Wolves. Nil nil boring. Nil nil boring. Okay, and I'm gonna go Everton one Wolves one. Uh, yeah, one one. I'll set a goal scorers anyone? Michael Keane. No one. Dan Juma. Mopai. Ben. Oh, no one for you. No, no one. No. Yeah. And there we have it, guys. That is the weekly catch. If you haven't listened to us over on our Patreon channel, a view from the Bruins, honestly, go and give us a go. Great value for money at just £2, or our second tier is £3.50. So much content from podcasts pretty much every day, articles, in-depth analysis from our analyst experts, information. There's so much happening. Special guests. Honestly, the list goes on. Go give us a go over at a view from the Bruins Patreon. And if you have any feedback whatsoever, honestly, speak to us on social media leave it in the comments below or wherever else you may catch us we'd love to hear your feedback positive or negative as we strive for a better Everton podcast in the meantime take care and all the very best planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.